Hi everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL show presented by Trust Gaming. It is week three of the NFL season, three weeks in, can't believe it. Also presented by uh, Matchbook Betting Exchange, our main betting sponsor and also a massive thanks to Trust who provide the equipment for this broadcast. Joined by Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Mark Cockerell. Boys, we are two weeks away from London. Uh, the biggest game of the season, obviously the Falcons against the Jets, but how are we doing three weeks in? Good, yeah, certainly enjoying the Manning brothers on uh, their broadcast, uh, Todd Pat, uh, Pat McAfee on there, discussing what sort of hat collection Peyton and David Baker would have was uh, one, one of the most uh, fun parts of the week. Just coming through these fixtures for uh, week three, I don't think it's as complicated as last week. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some surprises come Monday, even when we're doing our Monday night show, but for me, my God, into some games here this weekend that just look so clear cut and uh, very different to last weekend. Interesting Ooh. to see what the picks are tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we had overreaction week one, we have overcorrection week two, um, week three. Like, we're into the swing of things now, Michael. We're still in the men from the boys and figuring out exactly who's who for the uh, 2021 race to Lombardi Trophy. Absolutely. Good to have you boys on board again. Three weeks in, already counting down to London in two weeks. Tonight, we are at the Deer's Head in central Belfast. Feel free to come down. We have got the both games that are on Sky Sports, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Rams against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Red Zone's on as well. And we'll be open until around 12 to 1 a.m. for an extended uh, alcohol license in the North, gentlemen. And I can't wait to bring everybody up as well. Uh, Mark, I know you're not going to be here, but you'll be here for the next meetup in Belfast. And looking forward to it today, boys. But uh, let's get straight into the let's just get straight into the games today. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, before we do that, I guess does anybody want to give any comments? Obviously, Thursday night football. Did anybody stay up and watch it? The Panthers going to three and zero. I may have went to bed when I heard Christian McCaffrey was ruled out for the game. Well, I um, <clears throat> I did watch the game, not last night, but I watched the game this morning. And yeah, McCaffrey's gone for a couple of weeks. He's their main player. But if you've watched the first quarter of the game, they weren't using him. They weren't as proactive in using him in the run game or in screen pass as we've seen over the first two weeks. It was very evident that they wanted to try to have a balanced offense. And I know I keep banging the drum, but I felt that Sam Darnold, with his best player out of, out of the game, had a shot a good maturity last night. He ran for one touchdown. Uh, draw play completely filled the Texans squeak went in at the end but I just thought the maturity level that he's shown he was in some difficult situations at times got the plays off I know it's the Texans but for me the momentum keeps building with this Panthers team and they go to Dallas next week and uh, tough game but they're well capable of winning it now yeah, losing JC Horn, though, to a number of yeah. broken bones in his foot is uh, certainly going to hurt. He, um, all of the, the rookie cornerbacks seem to have really taken to the league uh, like a, a duck to water. Um, but we're seeing injuries mount up for a number of different teams. Sometimes, uh, you know, we talk about the Ravens, but obviously they, they did a number on the Chiefs. Despite all those injuries, you never know what way it's it's going to play out. But certainly, look, for the Panthers sitting 3-0, um, it's uh, it's nice that they can put their feet up uh, and look at the, the rest of the, the league go at it this weekend. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, the, for me, there were two key themes that came out last night. One is Davis Mills' neck 
could take over the world if you haven't called up on those means. But like it is, it is a bit scary. And I think the bit where David Cully put his hands around his neck, the greatest line I saw was, is he choking his neck or his neck attacking his hands? Which was kind of a funny line. But actually, um, Kevin Clark of The Ringer is a guy we should get on to the show at some point. He's a really great NFL writer. Watched, read his stuff for years. Started this amazing thread about the... You, you've all heard of the Ewing effect before, about the idea that a star player leaves a team and suddenly they have an upswing the next year. The Giants famously in 07, just after Tiki Barber left, win the Super Bowl. And there's numerous examples of like the team should go down, but actually goes up. I, he cornered uh, an analysis on what has happened to teams after Adam Gase leaves. And it goes back to when he left LSU, they won the national title last year. His school high school, when he graduated, they won the state championship the next year. And of course, just look what's happened for a couple of his teams, like when he left the Denver Broncos and they went on to win the Super Bowl, like when he left the New York Jets, suddenly they weren't quite as bad as they were. And look what had, happens when Adam Gase leaves poor old Sam Darnold alone. He suddenly looks like a functioning quarterback again. Look, let's not get carried away. The Panthers will be 3-1 and one next week. And the Texans are still the worst team in the NFL at the moment. But they're fighting hard. They're playing hard. It wasn't the worst Thursday night football game that we've ever seen. And look, after missing 13 games last year, last year please get healthy soon, Christian McCaffrey. It wasn't the worst Thursday night football game I've ever seen. Have you heard what's on next week? The Bengals against the Jaguars next week. Can't wait. It's a big Thursday night game. But then we make up for it next week with Tom Brady's return to the Death Star. Let's look at this week's games. Let's start off as we mean to go on. Game number one this Sunday. Uh, game on NFL Game Pass today. Washington football team going to Highmark Stadium. Buffalo Bills. Both teams are one and one Column, who have you got in this one? Bill's hoping, obviously, that, um, you know, it's maybe second time, time lucky. There was so much hype with Bill's Mafia going into the season, the return to the stadium, and uh, all a bit uh, underwhelming, obviously, with the, the Steelers getting the, the win. Um, they, they did a number on the Dolphins last week without really playing well, without Josh Allen being spectacular. Um, six sacks, 11 QB hits. So look, Heineke is going to come under pressure. Absolutely. Um, we're going to be interested to see their rushing D has been really good. So we'll see how Gibson does. Um, his yards per carry have been pretty impressive. Can he find a way um, to, to keep uh, Washington on the move? Um, I'm also interested, I suppose, seeing Tredavious White uh, shadowing uh, Terry McLaurin. I think that will be an interesting one. Um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, two, uh, this will be a, a team 2-1-1. One and one, But for me, this will be the, the Bills to go 2-1 uh, and one at, the, at the end of this. I think they'll ha have enough. Um, and I, 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 it will be interesting to see if Allen can begin to hit the groove again uh, now that he's back home. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, 107 yards last week, touchdown, looked the wider saver that everybody talks about within, within Washington. But just in terms of the secondary, despite the kind of, kind of I suppose, inconsistency of the Bills' defense last year, I suppose last week was quite comfortable because of the two injury, but they haven't given over over, over 75 yards for wider saver just yet. So will McLaurin have another second effective game two weeks in a row? For me, this game is about Stefan Diggs. In his career, 
for some reason, when he plays Washington, he does really well. It's his, you look at the record, I think it's his 1950 Washington player in terms of how many yards he's given to Stephen Diggs, the last player to, to, as a wide receiver to catch so many passes. He just seems to do it against them from his time in Minnesota, his time in Buffalo when they played. He's not, he's not gone for over 70 yards so far this season. I think it will happen on Sunday. The jury for me is still out in the Bills last week. Game was comfortable. Week one, we expected a lot more than what we saw. But having watched Washington last week against the Giants, for a defence that everybody says is one of the marquee defences in the league, the Giants went up and down the field on them. Daniel Jones had a really efficient game. The Chargers did it to a certain extent, but they had to they settle for field goals. Be interested to see how they react. For me, Buffalo would have too much. Yeah, um, Michael, you alluded to earlier, unfortunately I can't join uh, you guys up in Belfast today, uh, which, uh, you know, unfortunately I'm part of the advance party going to Germany, sussing out some of the uh, stadia for 2022 games and where best we'll play the games in 2022. You meet Steve tomorrow, yeah? Yeah, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll knock him up and give him a shout and then, you know, reminisce on that uh, um, Patriots game. Knocking him up might be a bit dicey and, uh, and a bit romantic but still uh i will uh you know report it's 10 back. o'clock on a sunday morning mark it's 10 I o'clock know, i know i'll report back <laughs> and give you the, the 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 heads up in relation to it all but you know reminiscing on germany was made me think about someone who's big in germany and someone who's still big in germany is david hasselhoff and why does david hasselhoff you know ring a bell for in relation to this game well it's very simple what do you guys know david hasselhoff for well, it, depends right. on your age. it depends on the age group, Mark. Night exactly. Well, I'm, I'm throwing it out there, Brian. What, what do you know David Hasler for? Other than uh, his amazing pop career, including uh, uh, Freedom Song, I think, that was very big in East Germany during the late 80s, early 90s. But go on. One of my, one of my favourite programmes as a child growing up. Night Rider, of course. Yeah. And then, Michael, what do you know David Hasler for? I met him outside the M Club after the, the MTV EMA Awards in 2011 with Justin Bieber. <laughs> Uh, they were going to get fish and chips at Bishop's beside Lavery's of the Road, which is now closed. Uh, and he was built like a proverbial um, brick house. So I don't know who he is, though. I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know what Knight Rider is either. This, this culture gap is, is going to be a struggle. Uh, a lot of people have a know, know him from Baywatch as well. And it struck me there's Baywatch, there was Murder She Wrote, you know, there was a few shows, Friends started in 94. That's what this fixture reminds me of. The last time this fixture was as relevant with two teams that had meaningful things to play for between Buffalo and Washington was the early 90s when both were perennial Super Bowl contenders. So we've been 25 years waiting for these two teams to both matter again, either at all or at least at the same time. And Washington, I still maintain, are going to be well in the running for their division, although the Cowboys do look good. Uh, and the Bills, of course, as we've said, they're not just in the running for their division. They're in the running to be AFC champions, potentially making the Super Bowl at the end of the year. Look, in terms of the game itself, my random digression into 1990s, early 90s TV, um, the point is that this rests on one matchup, which is the Washington D-line against the Bills O-line. If they can't suddenly scare and spook and stop a running game, which showed life last week with Devin Singletary actually performing and stamping up to the mark for a change, which Bills fans have been looking for. If that D-line doesn't cause challenges on that O-line, this game is over and Josh Allen will pick them apart and they will walk this game. Uh, For me, the Bills will have too much talent. They've got too much skill. They've got too many great players. 
um, and it has to be the Bills. But that's the matchup. Chase Young and co. step up and win the game for them is what Washington fans should say. Yeah, go on what Brian said. Like, you know, Stefan Diggs loves playing against uh, Washington. He has uh, 24 catches for 385 yards, about 128 per game. Touch and touchdown in three career games against Washington. And um, look, Washington could lose their next five games and still challenge for the division. Um, but it's good to see Buffalo finally get more of a flux with their run game. Zach Moss as well had two rushing touchdowns last week. I, I think the Bills will win this seven to 14 points. And the Bills are back, baby. Uh, I think I think the Bills will uh, march all the way to, to the IFC Championship game again. Okay. Uh, before we interlude any points there, it's time to talk about saviors. It's time to talk about messiahs. It's time to talk about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears going up against the Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium. Woof, woof, Colin. Who's winning this game? Yeah, well, it is. It's Justin Fields' uh, time, though. Matt Nagy going out of his way to say that uh, Dalton is the starter uh, when fit, which released an avalanche of memes uh, this week. Um, you can't say that um, feels Sean when he had to come in last week and I imagine for Nagy he's looking at that offensive line thinking um, no matter who he puts back there it's, it's going to be uh, problematic um, for, for the Bears um, you know they, they did a good job on um, Joe, um, Joe Mixon la, like uh, for, against the, the Bengals um, but Nick Chubb is, is a difficult proposition uh, today um, I mean, he is just just a phenomenal running back. And, and that's, uh, I think, he sets so much in motion for the Browns. Baker Mayfield is a league leader uh, with 81.6 completion. And that all comes off of being able to, to do so much because uh, teams have to, um, you know, game plan for, for Chubb. Mayfield spreading it out, 10 different pass catchers last week. Jan, um, Landry's on IR. Will we see OBJ? Um, I, I think the, the Browns are, are going to have uh, too much for the, the Bears. I am really interested to see how Fields does in, in his first start. Um, and I, I think that the Bears showed some life on defense with the three interceptions. But for me, the Browns are just going to have, uh, have too much in this one. And uh, Cleveland goes over 500. I have a funny feeling that all of our picks tonight are going to be full houses because I agree with Colin. I think the Browns are going to win this game. I mean, last week we spoke about records in which their running game was breaking last year where they had two effective running backs going for over 100 yards in, in the same game. Well, they've scored seven rushing touchdowns so far this season in two games and no team has done that since 1971. So that's the level they're at in terms of the running game that they have. And for the Bears, <clears throat> despite all the hoopla this week of Justin Fields coming in, I know it's, it's easier to probably start the game as it is to come into a game. He had a 27% passer rating in the game last week against the Bengals. The Bears won 27 last week in a game that was comfortable. Score probably doesn't do it justice, but bear in mind, they had four interceptions on Burroughs in the second half. The defense carried him to that game. They had a pick six. Be interested to see how Fields gets on. I think it's a bit too much for him. And the Bears, strangely enough, are going for 10 wins in a row against the Browns, but I don't see that continuing. I think the Browns will win comfortably um i was reading a little bit this week a book um the course of um positivity by uh, um augusta comte who was around in the mid 19th century 
um, and he was a scientist and a sociologist, probably a founding sociologist, about the importance of positivity and how it applied in sciences, including social science. So I'm going to try and channel this thought process and this thought about positivity that I've been reading about all week. And I'm going to be really positive here. And I'm not going to say allow anything negative to come into this. So when it comes to the Browns, positivity, they got back on track last week. They still a really dynamic offense. They've got a two-headed monster running back. Yes, they might have some challenges, obviously, at wide receiver core at the moment, but the Baker Mayfield still looks like he's on an upward trajectory. All is genuinely good. For the Bears, Cairo Santos hasn't missed a kick yet. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, positivity over. The Browns are going to win this game. Can I just say, as somebody that edits this show and puts the picks at the bottom of the screen, a full house makes me so happy because it doesn't take another 15 minutes to edit. Um, in 1999, uh, my granny uh, and my family all got in the car and went on a holiday to Bindorn. And if you're not sure, lads, where Bindorn is, it's in County Donegal, and a lot of lads from the north would have went up to Bundoran for the crack on our holidays. Anyway, anyway, you know, we, we stopped after the border, and you know, sandwiches in the back seat, cup of tea. I'll, I'll not bore you, but we got to the amusements, and I remember only having like, like I, I spent like my last punts and stuff, and um, my granny gave me two p to put in the machines, um, and it was my last two p. That was it. It in this situation. I'm not Nagy, and the 2P is Justin Fields. It's not going to happen today. Miles um, Garrett, Javian Kleine, McKinley, Giles Pitt, Malcolm Smith. Welcome to the NFL. I will hold my hands up live tomorrow night if Justin Fields gets any more than 60 Russian yards because he'll do a Tim Tebow column. He will do a Tim Tebow. Look at me. I can run. What happened to him? Seriously. Uh, he might get 180 passing yards and a touchdown, but he hasn't a chance. And this is going to be a hell of a baptism of fire because having a guy like Andy Dalton is a good way to have a situation where Justin Fields can go in and out and in and out at certain times and not make it look bad because when it's bad, it's bad. And my God, Chicago are going to feel it today. I have the Browns winning this by over 20 points. I would, I would say... Lock it away. They would say if, if you were to put up an argument as to why the Bears would win, the, the Browns' defence hasn't been all guns blazing in the first two games. Albeit, okay, week one against the Chiefs, most teams will struggle against the Chiefs. They gave up 21 points to an average Texans offence last week. I mean, the Panthers held, held them to seven in, last, in Thursday night's game. There's, there's, yeah. there's flies in the open at the moment. It's not, it's not all guns saying just yet for the Browns' defence. But, but they have a quarterback that isn't used to the NFL, Brian. Like Justin Fields is not ready to play in this league. Like, you know, and he will end up throwing passes tonight that basically what will happen is maybe at like five past six, he'll get a third and 17 and he'll throw the ball 60 yards. And he might, if he's lucky, maybe Jimmy Graham, maybe Alan Robinson's open. But that's the sort of passes Justin Fields will play tonight. And if he can't get it open, Brian, what's he going to do? He's going to run. Oh, look. Oh, and then by the third quarter, it gets bored. He might get the run because their offensive line is struggling so much that he, he, ha- well, he has to run because he's no choice. That's what got him out of the game last week. In fact, if Dalton had held, been held in the game and not got injured, I wonder how, how um, more of it, I suppose, offensively would have had because he struggled even with a running quarterback. So, look, I think we could talk about this game all day long. I think we're all in, in, in unison with one another here. What, yeah, one I, thing, I, why, Michael, though, 
while Tim Tebow was a truly terrible quarterback in terms of throwing the ball. Um, and uh, at one point, I watched uh, the Broncos lose 7-3 to the Chiefs. Um, he did make the playoffs where he beat the Steelers in overtime with one of the absolute great walk-off victories in Broncos history. I think the Bears would take that if, uh, if it meant, uh, you know, a vi- at least a victory in the, the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and can I just add, in fairness in that comparison, the one thing about Tim Tebow, as you rightly say, Colin, is he couldn't actually throw the ball, which is kind of a necessary prerequisite of being an NFL quarterback. I mean, yes, that playoff game, 316 yards, 31.6 average on completion, and that 80 yards walk-off one to Demarius Thomas. But in comparison, Justin Fields can throw the ball. I think it's a bigger issue, like Brian alluded to, wait a second, staying positive, staying positive. But it's Justin Fields versus four of the Cleveland Browns defensive line because effectively the five people that are supposed to be blocking for him there just are non-existent and they won't be there. And that's the thing. One into four doesn't go. Well, it does. It goes four times, but, you know, it doesn't. Also, like, again, as I say, I'm not going to pull this out at 10%. You know, I'm going to let it charge and I'm actually going to let it be ready to use in the future. Michael, Michael, your time isn't reading 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning there. It's not, but, you know, <laughs> we were talking about last night's Thursday night football game a minute ago. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, going to Bindoran Boys for an NFL live show at some point this season. I'll happily do it. We'll make you boys drive to Donegal. Um, I'll have talking, more 2p anyway on the trip. Cents now, um, it's about four cents now, I think, in a conversion yeah. rate. You'll know all about the conversion rate tonight in Belfast, Brian. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Detroit Lions. Colin? Yeah, if you're, if you're the Lions, <laughs> right, I suppose what, what, you're, what, you're, what you're looking at is you're looking at a Ravens, um, you know, injury report that has Lamar Jackson as, as questionable, that has a, a huge number of, of people out at the time of recording. Um, Marquise Brown is questionable. Derek Wolf is out. Brandon Williams is out. Justin Houston is out. Ronnie Stanley is out. The problem is that a lot of the same guys were out. They lost their three top uh, running backs. They lost their best cornerback. And they went to the beat the Chiefs. So if, if you're the Lions, that's, uh, that's a, a, an issue. Um, the other issue for the Lions is Jared Goff led the Lions in rushing on Monday night. Jared Goff led the Lions in rushing. That is a disaster. That is the last thing you want to have happening. That is, you know, I mean, Peyton was joking about his 40 time um, when he saw that that happening. For for the Lions, um, you know, I, I think they, they're also discovering the, the Goff effect. Um, he rarely, rarely throws beyond 10 yards. He never throws beyond 20. Um, I, I just, um, it's going to be a long season, um, up in, um, Detroit, unfortunately, they've had a, a few, they haven't gone, um, 0 and 3 to start the season, uh, since 2015, but, um, I think that's happening, uh, here today because, um, this Raven side have shown that they've got fortitude and, uh, I think they'll, no, no matter who is or isn't playing, they will find a way to win. 
And to your point, Colin, you're saying he's not showing the ball over 10, 15 yards. Well, that's kind of consistent with the numbers in terms of who's getting all the receptions because the most receptions for the team this season is the running backs. 24 total receptions so far. So it's literally dunk, dunk the ball off as quickly as you can before he gets absolutely bamboozled or put to the ground. And this defense has just not shown anything this season. They've given up. I know they've gone up against, you know, you could say strong teams in terms of the 49ers and the Packers, but they've given up plus 30 points now for eight games in a row. It's a, it's a consistent issue. It's going back to last season. It's not going to get any better in this game. And Lamar still hasn't thrown for over 250 yards. That's 16 games in a row. But he won't have to in this game, and you won't have to worry about it because they're going to win this game quickly. For the Ravens, Murray, that, that running back who Saints were happy to let go, he's been an effective running back in his, in his career. When he was at the Vikings, he was at the Raiders for a while. And he's still got a little bit left in him. And it's suiting, it's suiting the Ravens now perfectly to have him there because he's got the experience. They're going to win this game comfortably. Well, Brian wanted to call out, you know, what about the defence of the, the Browns not being as secure as it might have been? It was a fair call out. But you could say potentially the same about the Ravens. I mean, obviously, they have played the, the, the Raiders and the Chiefs, but they've given up over 30 points both times. Like, the injuries are taking the toll. The secondary in particular looks vulnerable and as Colm alluded to the Lions don't really have much choice but to wear it out to try and do anything on offense so the idea that this could be one of those great red zone games with some random comeback being thwarted by the or being attempted by the Lions in a, in a last ditch you know bout of valor um, is is potentially the case but to me it's just doomed like the charge of the light brigade um, they will throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. And I just can't see it being enough. The only thing that gives me any pause whatsoever is like, this really is the classical trap game. Like, you know, nobody expected really the Ravens to beat the Chiefs. They came out on that amazing high. Everyone's already said, ah, sure, you'll beat the Lions, worry about the next game. And is there that fear? But frankly, Whereas I think we've been all a little bit surprised by David Cully and what a job he's doing in the Texans about, you know, shaping them in some kind of cohesive fashion. The exact opposite and every fear I fear that we had about the dude in Detroit is proving true. I don't actually think they're a well-coached team to begin with. So, um, yes, trap game warning lights are going off, but yeah, we'll just disconnect that switch because this isn't a real trap game. Ravens to decimate them. What else can I say? Decimation. It's the Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon season for Lamar Jackson. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Um, until he gets paid, he'll ball out. This team, no, the Ravens will win. Um, no, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Impressed with the Ravens, though. Great result for the Ravens last week. Cardinals at the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars are two, three weeks away from London, baby. I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence's long Goldilocks in action in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And Mark, I'm sure you're excited as well. I mean, me and you got such abundances of hair here. Uh, to the action, though, I mean, the Cardinals call him on fire. Is this a contest? Do we need to talk about this? Uh, what's your thoughts ahead of this game? Well, I'll take you back uh, to just last week, though, this time, a <laughs> conversation that happened at the end of the, uh, the Broncos-Jaguars game. Urban Meyer was talking to Vic Fangio and said, a lot of good players in this league. And Fangio chuckled to himself and said, yeah, there are. And Urban said, it's Alabama every week. 
Oh boy, Urban, if you thought that was Alabama for your first two games, um, the Jags' remaining opponents include the Titans, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams, and today's opponents, the Cardinals. Um, yeah, it, it's a bit like, I, when I hear things like that, it reminds me of Steven Gerrard complaining after he moved to uh, the MLS that, God, there's a lot of traveling in America. Um, and did, did you put any thought into this before you actually made the move? Um, uh, or did you just look at the oodles and oodles of cash that were going to come your way? Uh, so I, I, if, I, if I'm the, the Jags, that is enormously uh, con concerning. Um, for the, the cards, obviously, look, this is a huge opportunity to, to start 3-0 since the first time since 2015. Um, I suppose the interesting thing is talked about uh, no Larry Fitz, but Rondell Moore has been really, really good for, for them. Um, and obviously, uh, Murray is, is just been um, fantastic. There are concerns for the, the cards um, on, in, in, in terms of um, the defensive side of things a little bit. Um, but Chandra Jones, he could feast today. I would have concerns for, uh, for Trevor Lawrence and the, the Jags cards all day long. Yeah, Gerard slipped up there, Colm, didn't he? Oh, no, wait, that was at Anfield against Chelsea. God, that was a great day. Anyway, back to the NFL. Um, the Cardinals, yeah, we talked about them in division and, you know, a very competitive division and whether they could really challenge the other guys in the division. So far, so good. 70 points after two games, over 70 points after two games, 650 passing yards in two games and over 200 yards rushing in two games. The last two teams to do that after two games both won the Super Bowl. I think we're a bit far off the Cardinals winning the Super Bowl, but look, they're definitely going the right direction this year. And uh, this game is, look, you're talking about these kind of games, and Mark, that, you know, just let's not look too far ahead, but surely this one is a, is a, is a, it's a gimme. And for the Jags, I mean, 17 games in a row now, that's, uh, they've lost, and they've lost by over 10 points in 11, in 10 of 11 games. Can't see anything but a Cards win. Yeah, I mean, the cards, you could say their defense already in just two games is going to be boom or bust this season. I mean, Vance Joseph plays an aggressive attacking defense. Uh, they were, you know, picked apart by the Vikings last week. Let's not forget, they should have lost that game. Like how they won it is not necessarily all due to the Cardinals there. Um, but the one that they did, and your record is your record. You need to just, you know, um, enjoy being 2-0 and, and, and move on. Um, obviously, in the first game of the season, they had an amazing performance by Chandler Jones, embarrassing Taylor Lewan, um, and uh, maybe Chandler Jones licking his lips at the idea of taking down the first pick in the draft. But if anything ever served to highlight to people why bad teams end up with the first pick in these great quarterbacks and why it's all about the 53 team uh, members of the team and not one you know, savior, whether you're a Bears fan or whether you're a Jags fan who can turn everything around. In back-to-back -back weeks, Trevor Lawrence has been effectively outplayed by Tyrod Taylor and then Teddy Bridgewater. Um, that says a lot about the surrounding talent he has in his organization. And it's definitely not going to improve going against, get up against the dynamic Kyler Murray and the weapons he has on offense in that cards team. Um, you know, it has to be the Cardinals on this game. 
Um, the Jags, I thought might make the surprise last week. They certainly started well against the Broncos. But um, as Colm alludes to, we're talking about coaching. Um, the, the warning lights I talked about in the last game, the warning lights are definitely flashing um, and the emergency exits and all of the, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, rafts, life rafts, umbilical cords, whatever you like, might be being pulled on the Jaguars aircraft ship, whatever analogy you want there, uh, very, very shortly. Just bear in mind, we keep referring to Trevor Lawrence as just generational quarterback, and we keep comparing him to the likes of Peyton Manning. He's thrown five interceptions after two games. Peyton Manning had thrown six interceptions after two games at the start of his career, and people felt that he was going to be he's going to struggle. So I think it's very early for us to be showing the showing it away on the poor Trevor. You know, I think if he gets a proper head coach there, things may change for down the line. Or if he was at a different team, maybe him might be standing on the bench watching how offenses actually play in the, in a different league altogether in college football. Don't like that Teddy Bridgewater comment. The Broncos played good last week against the, Jag- the Jaguars. And also, we'll all be sitting in three weeks watching them. And who knows, maybe Colin, uh, Brian or Mark might be interviewing Trevor Lawrence after a big win for the Jaguars kissing in London. Hmm? Might be kissing him at that stage of the game. I'll be, I'll be stroking his hair. I really hope you will. If, 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 if you're in the press box, I really hope you wouldn't be kissing him. Uh, anywho, uh, oh yeah, I have to give my pick. Um, no, it's obvious what the pick is. The Cardinals are going to win this game. Larry Fitz will be back by Halloween. You know, he came out and said, oh, I don't really feel like playing. Don't know if I'm going to... Wise up. He'll be back. The game on Sky Sports tonight is the Chargers going to the Chiefs. Shout out to all the Chiefs boys in our heads abroad who are in Newcastle this weekend. Expecting a win. We talked to Brendan Daly on Thursday night. I'm not going to say anything bad about the Chiefs, but Colin, this is a must-win game for both sides because potentially two of the biggest rivals could go 3-0 in the AFC West. Yeah, um, but I suppose the interesting thing is both of these teams could be uh, 2-0 and uh, rather than 1-1 one and, one and, and kind of both beat themselves really I, I feel last weekend um, I mean when you look at the um, QBs with the, the most passing yards the AFC West has numbers one three and four and it's three and four going up against each other uh, with Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert so when we talk about uh, QBs needing time to sit on the sidelines and hold um, a clipboard Justin Herbert has never um, played a preseason game. Doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, having any uh, impact on on him. I do think the Chargers are they ha- they haven't been that that explosive. I think trying to install a new offense, it, it's not really there um, as yet. And the the penalties last week were just uh, ridiculous, like twelve. Um, Mahomes was excellent for the most part against the Ravens other than a ridiculous interception where he just threw the, the ball up um, and you know for the, the issue I think teams have is the Ravens did really well they took Tyree Ty- Hill out of the game then Kelsey goes off so so what you know talk about pick your pick your poison um, I, I think um, you know the, the Chiefs have a lot of work to do in terms of the run and uh, I have no doubt that they will have been scheming um, for trying to, to do that. 
The Chiefs have big injury concerns, though. Uh, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, um, both questionable for the game today. For the Chargers, both um, Bosa and Chris Harris Jr. are, are questionable. So um, you're, you're looking at uh, issues for, for both. I can really, this is actually a game, I know there are lots of games this week where it's obvious, but I, I really could see this going either way. It would not surprise me if Justin Herbert went in and got, got a win at Arrowhead. But I think that the Chiefs would have gotten, um, you know, a kind of a wake-up call against the Ravens. And at home, I fancy them to, to go to, to um, you know, 2-1 two and, two and one on, on the season. Um, just edging it out against a, a Chargers team that are still looking for their real identity under their new head coach. I, I see this game as kind of a statement game, and I see it from both, from both sides of the coin. I mean, um, the Chiefs haven't had a difficult defeat last weekend. As you said, they kind of threw that game away. They should be going for 3-0. They need to rebound quickly. And for the Chargers, last weekend was the Chargers that were bold. You know, they... they if they found ways to lose, there was people arguing this week about poor refereeing decisions. Fair enough. But this is what we've seen from the Chargers for years. And coming into the season, we felt that they'd moved on from that. They were in all these close games last year. They lost by field goals, lost in overtime. But with a new head coach, that would all be eradicated. They found ways to lose last weekend. For me, it's still the Chargers of old. So they need to make put a, put a marker down if they want to win this division. And we're better to do it than go into our head. For me, this game comes down to Kelsey against Derwin James. Six times they face each other. In the three games in which Derwin James has played, he's held Kelsey to 90 yards, no touchdowns, three, consistently across those three games. Where he hasn't been involved, he's been out for injury. Kelsey's gone for over 100 yards in all three games and scored a touchdown in each game. That's the pivotal point for me. Does Kelsey, he touched on, you know, Tyreek Hill. But for me, like you saw the touchdown Kelsey scored last week. That was a tight end scoring a wide receiver's touchdown. He's a phenomenal player. They need to hold him, take him out of the game, and then hopefully then they can do a job in the secondary. For me, it's still too much. It's too early for this Chargers team. I think the Chiefs will rebound and win. Yeah, I mean, Colm alluded to it. Last last week, the Chargers killed themselves. Like, red zone turnovers, really costly penalties at the wrong time. It was, it was a good game. Don't get me wrong against the Cowboys. It was a lot of quality from both sides. And it was a good tight game. But the Chargers threw away one they should have had. And we've been saying this before. I made the joke about the... Uh, the uh, um, Poseidon curse effectively against them being akin to Odysseus um, in terms of their special teams play. But equally, like even last season with Justin Herbert, they were there on the goal line. I think it was the Browns game, was it? And they suddenly tried to run a sneak play. Well, everyone tried to run a sneak play except for the entire O-line that dropped back into pass protection with only about 20 seconds left in the game. And they ran out of clock. Like they, they find these bizarre... I don't want to say wonderful ways, bizarre ways to lose games. I've alluded to Young Hu Koo, you know, couldn't hit a backside of a barn door when he was with the Chargers. He goes to the Falcons, he's a bloody Pro Bowl kicker. So they need to turn the leaf and they need to prove they're not cursed. But they are going up against the team this week, let's remember, who are last in the league in defense in yards allowed, 469 yards per game. And okay, we're only talking about a small sample size of only two games. But that defense is not in any way shaped to complement that offense just about yet. And you can say that about a few teams. We mentioned the Browns earlier. The Bucs defense doesn't look too hot at the moment either. So can it evolve? Of course it can. But they will not be appreciative about going up against a really hot offense with Justin Herbert and that Chargers team. 
Austin Eckler bounced back and looked, you know, healthy, which was good um, last week. So um, where does this boil down to? Chris Harris actually is out. And if he was playing, I'd feel a little bit better about this. And Joey Bosa hasn't practiced all week. But if I make one slight conditional element, if Joey Bosa plays, the Chargers will find a way and give the Chiefs their first back-to-back losses since weeks five and six of the 2019 season. I don't feel very good about it. I feel like I should really take a shower because I feel a little bit unclean about it. But I think this is the week the Chargers do make that statement. They do find a way, and they drop the Chiefs to one and two. Um, The Honey Badger has got two interceptions. Um, and that's really good because he missed week one and he was clearly a good factor for the Chiefs against the Ravens in week two. Both teams one and one massive game for both teams because it looks as if potentially the two other teams in the, in the AFC West could potentially, may not happen, they could potentially go 3-0 this season uh, so far. Look, the reality is the Chiefs have conceded 29 points week one, 36 points week two. You take the logo away, you take Patrick Mahomes away. This team's got issues, whether we want to say it or not. They got lucky against Cleveland. They shouldn't have beat the Browns as far as I'm concerned. And Cleveland beat themselves week one. Uh, but you can forget that and forgive that and look ahead to week two because the Chiefs won in week two, didn't they? Against no, 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 they didn't. You could, you, um, could, you could reverse it exact same way and say that the Chiefs blew it last week. So if your mom was your da, if your mom was your da, hey, uh, look, same point. Really like Brandon Steely in Los Angeles um, look, they, look there's, there's, there's no other way about it I was on the road back up from Dublin last week and I was listening slash maybe watching the odd time you know legally um, that Cowboys game far too many penalties but I liked the way that Justin Herbert moved the ball on occasions not the two interceptions but I like that offense I think it's got massive potential and you know I don't think it's coming too early I agree with Mark I think Joey Bosa could be key in this game but also that combination of, of Allen and Mike Williams in the, in the wide receiver court. Um, I think, and I said it on, on the season preview show, I said it on numerous other shows, this is the year that the, the Chargers have to make a statement. The Chargers cannot lose a game like this, especially if the Broncos or Raiders will flee, you know, and especially against a divisional rival. Um, I think they have. I think they have the talent. I think Kansas City will fall to fourth place in the AFC West and go 0-1 against a division rival. And who knows, maybe Paddy Mahomes will prove me wrong once again, but he hasn't in 18 months. So I'm not going to say anymore. Um, I, 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 I like the Chargers. I think the Chargers will go to Arrowhead. And I think and, and I think they'll win by a field goal. And if that happens, uh, a conversation will have to be had about the Chiefs and about the Chiefs season. Because in two weeks' time, baby, Sunday Night Football, they're going up against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, um, Michael, I just wanted to check. If your ma was your dad, you'd be your is sister. that a commonly used expression in Taiwan? It must be used in the north. I don't know. If your ma was your dad, you'd be your sister. No, never. I've, I've heard that many a time, Michael. In fairness, thank you. I know there's a bit of a generational gap marked between us, but like you know, it's grand. Yeah. Um, any anywho, from talking from generational gaps, there's a team that used to be good. The Patriots are going up against the Saints. Did you like that one? Okay. Anyway, sorry. They're both one on one. Hold on. So it's the Saints at the Patriots. I was going to say, I actually read it the wrong way around. I thought, why are the Saints playing a home game at Gillette? I thought the whole thing with the Hurricane. What's going on with the Hurricane Con? Like, it, are, are they going to play Jacksonville or Dallas next week, or what's what's the plan there? 
Well, there, you know? there's there's still <laughs> lots to to be sorted because there have been uh, there have been oh I think Brian Brian O'Leary uh, fastest finger on the buzzer. They're at home next week in the in the in the dome. You know how I know that because they're playing the Giants, and you think we find a way to be, make sure we're not going to the dome. No, they're they're returning next week. There was smoke coming out of Dom this week. They found a way to fix it. They're playing at home next week. There's a new Pope to replace Drew Brees. No, too soon. Uh, too soon. Judging by what we saw last week, it's too soon. You got the hair done as well. You see it, Colin. You see you got the hair done. I was watching the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame, on Sky Sports last week, and he has the hair done. He looks at these knees alongside Mike Tirico, who I met in Port Rush two years ago. Different story, different time. Go for it, Colin. Well, they might want to get Drew Brees to form a search party because um, Alvin Kamara was harder to, to find last week than Mark. Um, what a what a disaster! What what five yards? <laughs> I mean, it was it was crazy. Uh, and and a guy who who sets the tone, but he had hundred twenty eight total yards of offense. It's the lowest in in Sean Payton era. I mean, it was it was just horrific to to watch it was Tebow era Broncos um which the the Saints aren't used to um and and Jameis got sacked four times hit 11 times through two interceptions um they went two of 11 on third down just just an awful awful day um and now you've got to go to Foxborough to face Bill Belichick who loves destroying um you know quarterback so it's it's very it's it's a tough one to to go i mean that look the patriots gave up a ton of rushing yards against the jets um so you think that it could be a bounce back game for for kamara um but i do think this is a saints team in transition um and Again, I expect Belichick to, to scheme and, and find a way. <sighs> and the empire goes back above uh, five, 500 because um, they, will, they will just have Mac Jones do what he needs to do. They're not going to ask him to do anything uh, crazy. Um, and uh, I reckon that that will, that will be enough. Um, but there'll be look. This will this will be a game where we could see you know a couple of trick plays because both Sean Payton and Bill Belichick, um, you know, like a, a little bit of gamesmanship. Don't always like when it's used against them. We saw Bill when uh, Mike Vrabel uh, did it with the the Titans, but uh, that might be one thing to keep a, an eye on in this. But yeah, Patriots for me. Michael, when you said he had, he looked the bee's knees, you probably should have said he looked the breeze knees. You know that would be more you know suitable to the to the really? situation. If, you know you're talking about the Saints offense last week. Everybody was hoopla after week one how how effective they were against the Packers. Uh, Sean Payton's only had six games in his career as, as head coach of the Saints where they've where they've only scored less than ten points. The following week they've in six the following week those six games. They scored over 30 points. That's not going to happen this week because this pace of defense for me is very underrated. We saw four interceptions last weekend. I think when you have a look back at some of the plays, I think there was a few that were more on the wide receivers at times than on the quarterback, and he's a rookie. But you're going up against the turnover machine. And we touched on it after week one, you know, how effective he is in week two. He only threw two interceptions last week, but by God, did he get destroyed by that, by that um, Panthers defense. For me, 
It's a nice, comfortable game for Mac Jones. Again, he's going to ease into it. I don't think the Saints are going to win. I think the Patriots are going to win comfortably. But strangely enough, our friends at matchbook.com this morning updated us on where the money is going this week. And they said that 90% of the bets this week have gone on the Saints. It's the highest betting uh, punt they've had. All the money so far has been on the Saints. Saints are plus three, not favorites, and they've had a significant amount of money come in, which I found a little bit surprising. But for me, taking away the betting aspect, I think it's a, it's a Patriots win. I'd, I'd love to have the confidence of the two boys and be really cocky and kind of play the Star Wars theme tune about the evil empire, you know, dan, 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 dan. Hold on, hold on. I actually have something written down here. Can I, can I just bring this is perfect it. timing? Uh, I was going to say Mac Jones is like the Peter Crouch of the NFL, because you, but he's actually the CCPO. Oh, 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 here's a five yard pass, sir. Oh, that's great. Oh, hold on. I'm only 24. Uh, Sorry, Michael. Michael, Michael, I forgive you. I mean, you're a fan of Denver Broncos. You haven't seen functioning quarterback play for so many years. It must come as a, a, a unfamiliar <laughs> sight. So, um, you know, the reality is Jones still has a long way to go as a rookie. Um, this almost reminds me of, well, well um, was it Gotcha featuring Kimbra? Somebody that I used to know was the song. I mean, for the first time in about 20 years, like fans won't look at this fixture with any kind of uh, neutrals with any kind of recollection like there's no breeze there's no brady like this is you know pat's saints but not as we know it jim so um a couple of flaws in the overconfidence i'd say on the patriots patriots o-line doesn't look very good and solid at the moment patriots d-line equally isn't great i can actually see a bounce back game for alvin kamara because the run fits haven't been fantastic on the Patriots side but I do see this as really a game against strength versus strength the Saints run defense and Pats will want to run predominantly with Damian Harris etc and the short passing game um the, but their run defense has been impressive so far um and of course when the Saints want to wear it out with the turnover machine uh, the Pats pass defense has been enjoying some time and yes they very much enjoyed Zach Wilson last week um for me I do think the Patriots have enough, mainly because I don't trust Jameis Winston to tell me what way is left and what way is right, to be fairness. I mean, he probably was told, but he also probably forgot uh, what he was preparing for, um, if you remember his infamous week one interview. So on balance, I'm with the Pats. I'm going for the Pats in this game, um, but there are flaws. There are definitely flaws. There's flaws. We stood in Dublin last week watching the Pats score 25 points against an under-14 minor girls team. Or, well, come on. Come on. They want 25-6 against the Jets. Are you taking a hand? Like, they got beat against Miami week one. They're nowhere near good enough. Mac Jones is not the answer for this team. And we can sit here and we can say, if it was any other team, any other coach, we'd all be chatting away going, he's mad. He's mad bringing in Mac Jones. Reality is you got the whole stigmatism there with Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, the Patriots, the next generational quarterback, C3PO, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara will come back. It's almost like Nigella lost in halftime in Norwich against Liverpool. Where are you? Where are you? Let's be having you. I, 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 think, um, I think Kamara will have a great game today. And I, I think the Saints will score over 24 points. And I think that'll be enough to win the game. I don't think Mac Jones will do enough. And he may blossom into a functioning quarterback. I think that will be the, his ceiling, and he's, he's not there yet for me. Uh, I am yet to be converted or reformed 
Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll be in the future. Um, I just just don't get. It. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna pick the Saints. Brand over. Sorry, sorry, Mark. It's a bit personal, isn't it? Oh, and also, Colum, I wrote this down. There was nothing wrong with the Tebow led Broncos. Why? This is the third time tonight we've had this discussion. There was nothing wrong with them. It was good crack. We beat Pittsburgh. It was good crack. It was good fun. Remember? Uh, uh, that game, I, I, that game. I know the week after fun. was a disaster, but like, let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that week after, I mean, the Patriots beat it was like a under fourteen girls team um, yeah, that they ended up beating. I remember, I remember going to that quarter too. I think I got we got twenty minutes where we knew the game was over. So let's just wrap it up now. Mm. Okay, okay. Um, Lo- right. Losing 45-10 to the Lions, that's that's one that comes uh, to, to mind from the, the Tebow era. That was, that, was a, that was a good one. He could run, and he has such heart, and he seemed like a nice guy. Anyway. Was, actually, Michael, one thing is I always loved about the Tebow era was the way in which he, he kind of wanted to play the game like everything was constantly on the NFL quick synopsis pieces, because... The first three quarters of the game, like the first 45 minutes, he was like, no, 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 we don't really want to play. We just want to, you know, we'll just play for the last 15 minutes. Is that all right? He reminds me of the dog in the road. If you leave the gate open, he'll run out and get knocked down by the oncoming car. Bloody hell, he's what an atrocious quarterback he was. But he was a nice man, a guy that had a lot of fear. He's not dead ha- yet, lads. He was. Has, <laughs> wait, I've got a good interlude here. you got to hear it. Brian, I want to see your face here. He's a good man with, with, with good faith and enjoys a good prayer and, and two teams that really don't have a prayer at the minute. The Atlanta Falcons going to New York. They play the New York Giants. Uh, both teams are 0-2. Colin, who have you got this week? I'm really sorry. I'm not sorry. It's really Uh, um, look, the I suppose the the thing here is um, again the I, I, we we talk about rookies making a difference. Having Kyle Pitts makes a huge difference for the Falcons, averaging five uh, five point three yards per play when he's on the field, two point six one when he's not. Longest completion without him uh, is eight yards. They have twenty six plays for nine or more yards when Pitts is on the field. He makes unbelievable catches. He led the team in receiving yards last week, and yet they appear to, you know, have him like stashed away half the time, um, which, you know, doesn't doesn't make a, a lot of sense uh, to me. This uh, for the for the Giants and, and for Brian, you really couldn't have asked for. Um, oh well, unless it was the, the Jets, but I guess that there's a, a bit of rivalry there. To, to be playing the Falcons where they are now, it's it's a not it's a nice one to, to have. They're a team that doesn't have a single interception. Um, they're a team where Matt Ryan just is is uh, struggling. He's to tend to, to throw it short because he's worried about the protection. Uh, Daniel Jones had the best game of his uh, career against the the Washington Football Team. And the, the Giants uh, appear to be taking a leaf out of the Broncos book from the past few years in terms of relying on their kicker because Gano has been absolute money. Uh, I think 35 uh, in, on the trot now, um, which is uh, very impressive. I just, um, despite the fact that I have real concerns around uh, Jason Garrett, um, and everything that's going on, and we saw Kenny Galloway uh, be, not being too pleased. 
the Giants will have enough in, in this one because I, I think the Falcons are they're really not, not at the races yet on either side of the, the ball. And with Saquon coming back um, and Jones able to, to use his feet with enough playmakers, uh, the, Giants will, the Giants will do enough. Um, they get their first win and the Falcons, unfortunately for them, move to 3-0 and or 0-3. Yeah, you have to wonder where the Falcons are in terms of becoming the most dysfunctional franchise in the league because they've never lost seven games in a row. Um, they've given up 40 points on defence in both games so far this season. It just doesn't look any good. And we expected a bit of a bounce back with the new head coach going in. And for the Giants, I mean, we're zero and two, but the narrative would have been very different last week if that kick at the end that was missed wasn't called back for, for the flag. And we'd be one and one and we'd be 10 days away from potentially going two and one. So I'm not going to get carried away by the fact we lost last week. Daniel Jones had a really efficient game last week. Probably his best game of his career. 22 for 32, 249 yards. No interceptions. Ram went in. Score one. Had one pullback that was arguably, you know, could have went either way. And it's a big day on Sunday, despite what you might not know, because at halftime, Eli Manningers is getting retired. It's a big ceremony for him. The last two times we've had that situation with Michael Strahan and Phil Sims, we've laid an egg and got beaten twice. So I'm really, really hoping that's not the case on Sunday. Because... Uh, if anybody deserves to see us win on Sunday, it's Eli, because it was first ever game for the Giants. It was, in fact, at home against the Falcons. So, please, God, come Sunday, we'll win. And I honestly, genuinely, if I had to step away from my Giants hat, I do believe we're more than capable of winning this game. Giants to win. I, I can't wait to watch this game, and particularly that ceremony at halftime when I get to relive multiple nightmares um, oh, for myself and, and the entire New England Patriot fan base. But, you know, fair play to Eli Manning, who, and his... Uh, Exactly 500 winning uh, record uh, uh, that he closed out with. Wasn't it 114, 114 was his final record? It's, I also just think back at that um, game. Yeah, it was, it was Drive that in, in Foxborough. Remember that one, Mark? And when he's touched down oh, the no, I, I, I remember, Brian. I remember. Don't worry. I think I, I texted that night. But like um, this, this is um, this is very simple to me, guys. This is a soccer game. Um, and it's really a story of the two quarterbacks and their two soccer players. Um, Matt Ryan is Harry Kane. It's very simple. Matt Ryan is there racking up the yards year after year. It's just like Harry Kane bangs in the goals year after year after year. But at the end of the day, he plays for a team that is utterly pointless, meaningless, and will have nothing to say at the business end of a season. In fact, the one time they get in any way in a progression like Tottenham made the Champions League final, they promptly throw it away and don't get to the promised land, just like the Falcons did. So Harry Kane equals Matt Ryan. Um, Daniel Jones, however, is Theo Walcott. And Daniel Jones is Theo Walcott because Theo Walcott during his career had some amazing highlights. Theo Walcott scored his first goal in the, for Arsenal in the Carabao Cup final. But he got overshadowed. Why? Because then Arsenal conceded two goals and lost the game. Theo Walcott had an amazing run to set up a goal in the quarterfinal. Stephen Carr. What a game that was. Yeah, it was an amazing game. But what happened? Arsenal conceded the goal at the other end and they promptly lost the bloody game to Liverpool. Um, Theo Walcott got a hat-trick in for England in Croatia and then promptly never made the squad for the Euros that year. Okay? Theo always got overshadowed by other events and his highlights were ultimately buried in lowlights. Daniel Jones, unfortunately, so far in his career is the exact same. He makes an amazing ATR run and falls over. And we remember the low light at the end. He has his most efficient game in a long time. And he only his fourth game, he has never had a turnover in. And it was a really efficient game, Brian. 
but they lost the game in the end. So until further notice, got the attributes, got the speed, looks the part, but would ultimately get overshadowed. And tomorrow, unfortunately, Theo Walcott didn't score as many goals as Harry Kane. And um, no, I can't go with the Falcons. The Giants will still win, but he's still Theo Walcott. I'm getting, worried, I'm, I'm getting worried here. I'm going to have to shut this laptop down. <laughs> hey. We know, where, we know where this now. is going, don't we? Um, look, if you look at it, if you look at it in a, in, a, in a logistical manner, the Falcons didn't play well against the Eagles, but there was times in offense he looked half decent. Cal Bitts hasn't come into it yet. Matt Ryan needs to improve. They scored 25 points against the Super Bowl champions last week, and at one point last week could have got a lot closer to tie in the game. They played a lot better last week, albeit they were playing against a man or a machine or an immovable object in Tom Brady, who will never die. He's like got the philosopher's stone. Um, they improved last week. The Falcons now play the Giants today, Washington next week, and they play the Jets in London, and we're, and we're going to be there. I mean, that's a buy for the Falcons in, in week five. Um, I think if it clicks, they're, 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 I think if it clicks, they're, they're the better team. I think if you get Cal Pitts into the game, if he gets a couple of receptions early on, I think they're the better team. Um, I hope that all the Giants fans enjoy the Eli Manning ceremony. I think that's fantastic. I, for one, was delighted when the uh, when Eli Manning won the Super Bowl with the Giants um, twice against Tom Brady. But the reality is I, I just don't think the talent's there to win this game today. Um, I think the Falcons will come good in the second stretch of the season. I don't think it's as bad as we all think. Uh, and I'm picking the Falcons. I think I think Matt Ryan will have over 300 yards again this week. And I think that uh, guys like Mike Davis and, and Calvin Ridley will get them over the line. And my favorite kicker outside of Brandon McManus, Young Hoku, will get them over the line. So I'm, I'm picking the Falcons. And um, I just think, you know, it's not going to matter. But the Falcons will win the game. And Michael, it was, I think it was the resurrection stone, not the philosopher's stone that gave everlasting life. Philosopher's stone turns it into gold. But that's, that's you know, Harry no, no, Potter no. references. In, in, in Harry Potter, if you have the philosopher's stone, you never die. Nope. Philosopher's first stone turns base materials into gold and silver. The resurrection stone is what keeps people No, it's alive. the philosopher's stone. It's called the sorcerer's stone in America. Um, no, that's, that's true, but it still doesn't keep you alive. Okay. Well. Completely you know. last. Yeah. I don't, know what, I, I don't know what they're on about. I heard him talking about some film that I've never even seen. Jesus Christ. Um, they, they do the movies in colour now, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I watched Trading Places there recently. The Bengals go into the Steelers today. Both teams one-on-one column. Uh, the Bengals let all of us down last week. Are you sticking with them this week? Or do you think the Steelers get the win? Well, I think last week, yeah, um, really expected more from, from the Bengals, but maybe they're looking back on kind of after week one and I think maybe a bit of arrogance from from Burrow after that win against the Vikes. Um, he kind of came in, kind of was like, oh, you all doubted Jamar Chase and look what we can do. And it was like he had a safety blanket back and he thought, oh, great, this is going to be like college again. Um, only to throw three interceptions, get sacked four times and get hit nine times. They, they have, I mean, their issue with it is they, they can't keep him upright, right? Um, 41% of pressures have resulted in sacks, which is the highest in the, the league. 
Um, and all his sacks have come from the fact that he's holding the ball and he's held the ball for longer than three seconds. So um, he can't avoid pressure. He's holding the ball for too long. Um, they've got to sort that out. He obviously has a lot of talent, but you can't just keep looking on the deep ball to, to chase. Um, for the, the Steelers, obviously, they have a, a number of injuries. Um, does TJ play today? That's pro- probably the, the biggest. If he does, I think the Steelers will, will win this. Um, but Deontay Johnson is out, which is a big loss because the guy who couldn't catch last year doesn't drop this year. I did so much work uh, in the, the offseason. Najee Harris has struggled on the ground, did well uh, pat, uh, ca- catching passes. Um, but neither of these teams are, are, you know, you'd say you could trust them. Um, but I think given they're at home, the Steelers will just about um, have enough Um but look, I, I, I've criticised Burrow there. I do think he's a very good QB. I do think him and um, Chase will, will do well together, but um, we will. Uh, it won't be enough today. Yeah, I took time out to watch this game back because um, a few friends are Bears fans, so I really wanted to see how they got on. And yeah, the Bears defence played very well in the second half, but it was very evident. And back to the point we made during the season preview show, they've completely bypassed the main problem, the main crux of this team, and that's the offensive line. They wanted Jamar Chase because of the LSU connection. Great, he scored a touchdown late on last week. That's two touchdowns in a row. But the reality is Burrow was struggling because, he, as you said, he can't be held up right. I'm not sure if they're using the uh, running game effectively because they've set a record going back uh, to 1970 where they've actually thrown for over 38 throws in both games so far this season. So to me, that looks like there's not a right balance there in terms of trying to utilize the running game and stop Burrow having to continuously throw. I'm not convinced by the Staters. Picked the Raiders last week. I haven't watched back the week one game against the Bills. The special teams and defense won the game. Big Ben didn't look right. Big Ben seems to be injured again. But the Bengals are 1-15 on the road. They're setting records for all the wrong reasons. They, I can't say it. I think uh, Steelers will win. Not a game I'm going to be too carried away on, but I think the Steelers will just do enough to win. Um, Bram Stoker, good Irish lad, as you always know, were one of the greatest horror novels of all time in Dracula. And frankly, the best thing about Game Pass is you can actually go back to the coaches' film. And I watched the coaches' film of uh, a couple of the Steelers games so far this season, and my God, Bram Stoker couldn't have written anything more scary than what you see from their offensive line. Um, Brian rightly called it for week two, but. I actually didn't realize until I was watching this back just how bad almost every snap is. There's pressure on, and the Raiders, to me, aren't the greatest pass rush team. And we've covered already that they were reaching out to the Bears and saying, hey, do you want to do that Khalil Mack trade back by any chance? We'll be interested. So they are not the purple um, people eaters or anything like that across the defensive line. But, you know, they couldn't pick up basic stunts. Pressure was getting through. Big Ben couldn't just take a simple five or seven step drop without pressure coming from the edges or up the middle. Um, they looked discombobulated. They couldn't get any movement in the run game. It, it, I, they, genuinely, guys, I was gobsmacked at just how bad. Because watching TV, you're like, oh, that's not great. But actually seeing the coaches film and that different angle, you're like, this is appalling. Um, so... That's not getting fixed. Rome wasn't fixed in the day. That's definitely not getting fixed today. And arguably, they had a lot of these issues last year still when we said, hey, they're 11-0 based on a really short passing game, getting out of Big Ben's hands quickly. 
Um, but like that, the Bengals aren't exactly going to be the most dominant um, uh, opponents they come up against last season. Of course, last year, they did beat the Steelers. They broke that 11-0 streak. They, you know, in a surprise um, game, uh, they, they kind of took the win against them in the week 12 or week 13, I think it was. Um, but much as I love Joe Burrow, I just can't see it. I don't think the Bengals have enough to trouble them uh, in that problematic offensive line. And God willing, TJ Watt plays, that Steelers defense is going to be what keeps them in the game and is probably what wins them the game. A bit like it kept them in the game against the Bills in week one and put so much pressure on uh, to ultimately come through to fruition for them. So, yeah, it could, could be embarrassing, but I'm going Steelers in this game, but for the love of God, fix the O-line. We'll send super glue. We'll send, you know, something to help you fix it and repair it. Well, if Mac Jones is C3PO, Ben Roethlisberger is R2-D2. Uh, 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 um, we're coming to the end. I'm not, I'm not the show, but Big Ben. And it's been a memorable career in many ways, but um, yeah, 23 points week one. 17 points week two and i think the Bengals will have learned from their mistakes in week two boys uh i think the Bengals will score over 25 27 points in this game and i think realistically that will be what wins this game for the Bengals. i think deontay johnson being out uh, is is a massive factor regardless of tj what plays there or not and i think joe burrow will not only get the receptions to jamar chase today but joe mixon will get the run game going as well and for me i just can't see how the Steelers win this game unless they find another quarterback uh, or unless if big if ben roethlisberger takes five hour energy or uh has anybody ever seen the movie like mike where he wears the basketball shoes and he gets really good use boys of kids use no right unless he finds the football equivalent of those shoes I can't see it. I see the Bengals going two and one. I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna take the Bengals. My, Michael, I can't believe you didn't go Chewbacca on the Big Ben reference. <laughs> oh dear God. Okay, right here they come, a growling, mean and angry, uh, mean and angry. Another team, the Carson Wentz experience in Indianapolis is getting better and better every week. Oh and two, going up against the Tennessee Titans, who won last week. Uh, that game's in. Tennessee. Tennessee. Column, who have you got? There are four players um, in NFL history who have more than 10 games, 150 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Jim Brown, Jadalian Tomlinson, Barry Sanders, and Derrick Henry. That is elite company, gentlemen. That is serious business in a, in a league that is now so focused on on the past when he gets up ahead of steam um he is almost unstoppable um you know we we've talked about he is boom and bust but he's more boom than bust um and he put the the titans on his back last week and just won them the game for the titans realistically this is like how far can you go on the backs of Tannehill, julio jones uh, Brown and Derrick Henry, um, because they have certainly issues in in on on the defensive side of things. I don't think the Colts are going to be good enough um, to to take advantage of that. Even though Wentz hung in there, um, you know, and made plays against the the Rams, but my God, he had what two knee injuries, two ankle injuries, um, and they're trying to rush him back uh, to to come out. 
Um, I, I just think uh, that the, the Titans will have too much offensively uh, for the, the Colts. And it's a, obviously, it's going to be a big issue for the Colts if they're sitting at 0-3. Yeah, the, <clears throat> the Colts have only given up over 100 yards to one running back three years in a row. Every other game, they've held running backs within 100 yards. Lo and behold, it's the same running back, Derek Henry. Three games in a row, five touchdowns in four games. He's 19-0 where he's been handed the ball 24 or more times. I mean, the game plan is simple. Give the ball to Derek Henry. Let him do the thing. Let them close him down and then use the screen pass and go after the other guys. For me, it's Titans all day long. And I'm going to throw it out there now. It's only week three, but it's a bit of a, it might be, seem a bit bizarre. But just bear in mind, the Colts have to give a first-round pick back to the Eagles if he plays 75%. If they lose on Sunday, they're zero and three. And you look at the schedule coming up, there's not a lot of many winnable games there. At what stage of the season with the injuries he's ha- he has, did he shut him down to protect themselves from having to give up that number one round pick? Just something for further down the line. Uh, we, we thought they make a trade for the Chargers team doctor from last year, Brian. That's, that's what's going to happen. Um, look, we, we've touched on... Tim Tebow for some bizarre reason multiple times this evening and the only man in the NFL that comes close to mirroring his level of faith uh, in the moment is Ryan Tannehill and that's because Ryan Tannehill um, worships daily the Holy Trinity um, and that is uh, you know AJ Brown, Julio Jones and Derek Henry across the board and those Holy Trinity are going to carry these Tennessee Titans one way or the other. Um, The defense is still a well, frankly, um, their cornerbacks are. I don't want to say that there's there's various expressions about being easier than things, but they're, they're very easy. I'll just I'll just leave it at that and let your your uh, vivid imaginations do the rest. But um, they they don't have a great defense still. Um, that's been a flaw that held them back last season. They don't seem to have corrected this season. But Derek Henry will drive them through this. And if he doesn't, AJ Brown and Julio Jones will be perfectly fine outlets for them against this Colts defense. Um, Titans to walk it, Titans to establish themselves as the preeminent force in this division, as we all expected. Um, it will be a divisional game, so it will be a bit closer than we might imagine. But Titans, Titans, Titans. Sorry, Michael, just a quick point. Last week, last weekend, look, we're giving the accolades to Derek Henry here. We gave it to him on Monday night, you know, in terms of the, his performance in Seattle. But in the first half, Julio Jones came back to the to wide receiver that we've seen over the years. He was really effective. You know, he's overshadowed Antonio, or not Antonio Brown, but Jutter, AJ Brown AJ. in that game. And, um, you know, already we're seeing, having been told off by Vrabel after his irresponsible play in week one, how quickly he's rebounded. So I'd imagine he'd have a big game as well. Going to be a few uh, religious moments now for the next minute or so of me, but uh, in terms of the resurrection, it's the resurrection now of the Titans this week. They finally, they finally go to a positive record. Uh, Tennessee by twenty-three. Um, Derek Henry's class. Do we need it? Like maybe it'd be interesting. Julio Jones caught one last week, and it was chalked off, wasn't it? Because he was just out of the end zone. He'll probably get his first. For this week and how fitting would it be to get it in Tennessee? Tennessee by 23. Um, let, let's move on to um, the main game of the week. We're going into the late window now. That game uh, was the last six o'clock game, and it was Tom and the resurrection this time for uh, Arnyahar. Arnyahar, good for Dan. 
Go go dot with um going to answer and hold her and I'm just gonna say the Broncos are gonna beat the Jets. I don't need to say why the Jets are a work in progress, I guess. Uh, the Broncos are gonna go to Flea and no column. Who have you got in this game? Most sacks allowed, league leaders in turnovers, 12-year-olds mocking you on TikTok and dissecting <laughs> your plays and pointing out, was it the wide receiver? Was it the tight end? Was it the tackle? Was it the guard? Was it the center? Was it the quarterback? It was everybody. It was absolutely a disaster. Um, and poor old uh, Zach Wilson was awful against the Patriots. And it doesn't get any easier this week um, because he goes up and against another grizzled, defensive-minded coach who loves to make uh, life difficult for uh, rookies. Um, and that is Vic Fangio. I would uh, say that the, the Broncos, uh, um, you know, Chubb and uh, Josie Jewell are out, but I would expect plenty of disguises to confuse Wilson, um, you know, to, and that, te look, Teddy Bridgewater, second in terms of completions. The Broncos um, will, will do enough, though there are concerns. Teddy's coming under pressure the whole time. Um, that's not sustainable. Only Jameis and Zach Wilson have uh, faced pressure more frequently. Um, you can get away with that, given the schedule that the Broncos have had. Uh, it was really good to see Cortland Sutton back last week. Um, the, 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 the Broncos moved to, to 3-0. and um, And, uh, well, we, we'll talk about next week, next week. But, yeah, the Jets, um, yeah, they, they have, they've got problems every everywhere on on the field at the moment brian we're seeing the jets in two weeks in london you'll be there with me and, and the lads uh who did man united buy from tottenham in 1997 are you sharing them? oh teddy 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 bridgewater no one's really, gonna really, sing it all right sorry go ahead Brian. not really comparable um it's strange in the <laughs> nfl when the weeks where the team gets i wouldn't say they get embarrassed or annihilated because i wouldn't say it was that extreme last week for the jets but we've seen in the past when they have a difficult road game the following, people just assume they're going to have the same end result. And it doesn't turn out that way. And not saying they, have, they tend to win the games, but the game tends to be a little bit closer than, than Forrest imagined. But the problem is, in that instance, it's usually another quarterback who's got a lot of experience in the league that goes and plays in that game, and he keeps it close. But that's not the case here. You have Wilson going in to Denver. Denver's first home game. First home game in a year and a half where the crowd have been in, it's going to be bouncing. Um, I don't think it's going to be a fantastic game. I don't think it's going to be annihilation. Or I think it'll be a comfortable win for the Broncos. A steady Teddy, nice few drives, take time off the clock, 23-6, something along those lines. And uh, you move on, and then next week the Ravens come into town, and that's when the season really starts. Yeah, trap game. Clear trap game. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I actually, I mean, like, who do you have to pay around here to get the start to the season that the Broncos have had? Giants, Jags, Jets. I mean, you know. Who do you support? Who do you support? Robert Kraft, New England Patriots. Who do you have to pay around here? Okay. The, the, Mark, the owners must have shown in a few quid. Oh, wait, there's no owner. They, they threw in a few quid to make sure that someone might come along and buy the Broncos now at 3-0. And, um, and uh, yeah, because that's where I think they're going to be after this weekend. All I will say is, and, and for all the reasons the guys outlined, the Broncos should yeah. win this game. But all I will say is really your season, Denver Broncos fan, starts next week. 
And then you have Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Browns, Washington, Cowboys for the next six games. So that really <laughs> is when the NFL season properly starts, um, to be fair. But yes, absolutely got more than enough to handle the Jets, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and let's, I guess, we'll just move on to the next game. I was at the last Broncos home opener with fans when we played the Bears and I paid 2,100 great British pounds to uh, to watch the Bears win a, f- uh, a field goal at the very end. The quarterback column that day was Case Keenan, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, are we going, what, Joe, when are we, when are we going Joe, It was to? Joe Flacco. It well, 2019 was Flacco. 2018 was, was Keenan. I don't even know anymore. Anyway. was Trevor Simeon for the second yeah. year in a row. Well, he, he wasn't good enough anyway. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. But I don't agree with this one. I'm for Mac Jones then. Uh, another team that could potentially be 3-0 in the AFC West comes Sunday night. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders uh, are hosting the Miami Dolphins tonight. Uh, game is at 5 past 9 our time. Column. Who have you got in this wonderful matchup tonight? Miami against Las Vegas. Well, the the Dolphins are are without Tua. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is in, um, and and that's just not not a good thing. Um, he, he is, you know, he uh, he's not a starter. You don't want you just don't want to to do it. He's been pressured on thirty four percent of his dropbacks over the past five years, and. As much as we were talking about, you know, the, the Raider is not having a reputation for the, the pass rush. Max Crosby has been fantastic in the opening couple of weeks um, and bringing in um, Ngakwe on the other side has, has really made a, a difference. Uh, um, you know, Mark talked about the, the coaching film um, and watching um, the, the pressure they, they brought against the um, the Steelers and, um, you know, each of them uh, forced a, a fumble. That's what the, um, the Dolphins are going to have to, to deal with. The Dolphins just are, have not got anything going on offense um, in the opening couple of, of games. Um, Brian mentioned it, uh, earlier the, that the Raiders haven't uh, gone 3-0 since 2002 when they made the Super Bowl, uh, which they went against their current head coach uh, in the, the Buccaneers. Um, they should go 3-0. I think that the pressure is on the, the Raiders. Um, but that will probably mean that they will have uh, two, uh, you know, two games ahead of either the Chiefs or the, the Chargers come the end of, uh, t- of uh, tonight. We did our season preview show. I picked them to go to the playoffs. I picked it against you when they, when they played the Ravens. I picked it against you last week when they played the Steelers. If you're asking me tomorrow who, who the Giants should go out and get as quarterback if it wasn't for Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, absolutely every day. 817 yards after two games, set the franchise record already. Um, for me, the problem is you go to Vegas for three nights. The fourth night is fantastic. The second night is, is great. The third night, all you want to do is get home. And that's the Raiders for me. They always find ways to mess it up just when you think they're going to go 3-0. And the one thing we've seen so far, they still can't stop the run game. And last year, there was 27 touchdowns given up. So for me, are the Raiders going to win? Yes, they are. 3-0, baby. The Raiders. <laughs> yeah. But um, wasn't it, isn't Beethoven's Unfinished Symphony the ninth? Um, so the Raiders are the eternal ninth symphony. You know, they start great. They look great. Everything looks fantastic. But then, you know, you die in the middle and you don't actually get it finished. 
Um, and unfortunately, they're still coached by John Gruden and he won't die in the middle, but his capability to coach a team may well do. Five or seven at the end last year, they lost. I'm expecting them to fall off a cliff. They're not going to fall off a cliff in week three of the season, though. And they go in a very fortunate method against two of the Dolphins who are searching for that identity a bit. Like, you know, um, the, the Patriots lost to them on the opening day is looking worse and worse in retrospect, and the Bills comfortably handled them. The Raiders, as long as they keep the, you know, we, we I keep saying that we keep talking about trap games. Like, I mean, this, this is one where the Raiders worry me more they could take their eye off the ball. But in all honesty, they should have more than enough. Ngokwe, uh, rightly called out by column there, uh, and Max Crosby having a great start to the season. Um, and they need it from that position. So Raiders for me, offense and good old steady Eddie, Derek Carr has been performing very nicely for them as well. You're going to say Steady Teddy for a second there. Look, I, I I could do with the Raiders not winning this game for obvious reasons, but uh, they will win this game and they'll win this game comfortably. The Raiders played very well against the Steelers last week, albeit with Ben Roethlisberger's situation. But even in week one, putting that many points up on the board, it'll be interesting to see how far they can go down the stretch. And um, I think both the Raiders and, and the Broncos will give the Chargers and the Chiefs a run for their money in the West this season. I think it's the best division of football by a long shot. Uh, and fair play to the Raiders. They've, they've moved to Vegas. They've, they've bided their time in terms of getting fans into that stadium. And I have to say that that, that introduction with Steve Aoki and Bruce Buffer, it's time on Monday Night Football was um, was wonderful to watch. But the main show itself is not Derek Carr. It's guys like uh, Darren Waller looks great. Like really, really good. And also, I think the defense could come up big here against the Dolphins today. Uh, the Raiders are going to go three and Um and it, it matters. The six o'clock game with the Chiefs and the Chargers is a massive game. So we're sort in the season because if that does happen, they go three and One of those teams looking up very quickly, and it could play a massive role down the stretch. And let's see what happens. Um, okay, we have the Bucks going to SoFi Stadium. Hopefully, for the last time this season, some people are probably thinking, not me. I don't care because I present a show where we talk about all the teams. But uh, Bucks, Rams, we're in Belfast tonight. This game will be on in Belfast, calling the games on Sky Sports as well. What's your thoughts? Tom Brady looking unbelievable. Matthew Stafford looking rejuvenated, refreshed. How do you feel ahead of this matchup? Yeah, it should be uh, a fascinating one. Um, to I mean, to, to see Brady do at 44, to looking better than you know, he did uh, in his 20s and 30s is uh, is almost unbelievable. But the Bucs have won uh, 10 straight games if you, uh, you go back to, to last season. Uh, nine consecutive games scoring at least 30 points. Um, but now they, they face a, a Rams team, um, obviously with Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Uh, very interested to, to see, uh, you know, Aaron Donald obviously carrying an injury um, the, in, in the, in the postseason uh, last year. Um, I'm interested to, to see how that will go. You never know whether when teams meet like this and they're very likely to meet in the postseason, 
Um, do you do you hold a little bit back, um, or 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 do you do you do you really really go for it? I know Mark is shaking your head, but I remember Andy Reid a few years ago brought out a trick play against the Broncos that uh, to uh, to uh, to go for a two point conversion in a nothing game just because he wanted to put a beat down on him. And they got it the postseason. They really could have done with a, a trick play yeah. that, that hadn't been seen. So that's the thing I just wonder. But look, um, Antonio Brown seems to be out due to uh, COVID. Um, it's unlikely that he's going to um, pass enough to, to get through. Um, but And, and J, JPP is out as well, which could have an impact in terms of the, the Bucks getting pressure. Now we really get to, to see Stafford. This is what they brought Stafford in for. Um, this sort of game, this is where, you know, they, they felt that Goff wasn't able to take them over the, the hump. Um, you know, it's going to be to see how Cooper Cup does. There's lots to look forward to. Ramsey against Gronk, obviously, as well. Gronk was having the, the time of his life with the Manning brothers uh, the other night. And, uh, you know, you don't half the stuff I don't take seriously that he doesn't do any any study and he just goes out there and he asks Tom what he got yeah just look Gronk is a ridiculously good player um you know and uh in, in he, he doesn't need to practice uh in the the red zone maybe that part is true because he is ridiculous I think this is going to be a fascinating game I think it could go either way but you don't back against Tom Brady the the Bucks are winning this one for me Adam, you touched on how explosive their offense has been, and Brady has thrown two touchdowns in 13 games in a row. But on the flip side, no, touch, no quarterback has thrown over two, uh, thrown two touchdowns on this Rams defense for six games. Not comparable in terms of the games, but again, I suppose it's just key to the strengths this Rams defense has. And you're right, it's just, for me, this game is all about Matthew Stafford. It's not about the Bucs. We've seen the Bucs being explosive in two games so far against the Cowboys, against the Falcons. This is what Matthew Stafford was brought in for. Goff couldn't win these games. He couldn't go into. He couldn't go in and be Green Bay. He couldn't beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. This is what Stafford's here for: win these games. He has a terrible record against teams that have had winning records: eight wins out of seventy-three games. But at the same time, that was with the Lions. It's not just all about the quarterback. It's about the round the team. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think they they need they need to win this more so than the Bucks. The Bucks will rebound. The Bucks will be in the playoffs. The Rams will be in all likelihood, but they're in a more competitive division. They need to win this, if anything, to get a marker on that home field advantage, which will be crucial come January. So for me, high-scoring game, probably go down to the death. The Rams just nick it, but again, it's a toss-up. Yeah, I was I was trying to find that Matthew Stafford stat earlier on, wasn't it? Eight and sixty-seven or something eight like 65, that. Eight and sixty-five, Mark. Eight and sixty-five. Like it, it is just unbelievable, uh, really, when you think about it. Um, look, I, I don't want to overlook the obvious, some of the obvious storylines here. Like, I mean, the Rams beat the Bucks in Tampa last season. And we alluded to it as like, a, hey, there was that three-game stretch where they lost three on the bounce. And they were handled in some of those games as well, especially the Saints game. Um, Cooper Cup last year went off on one, 11 receptions for 145 yards. Um, he's still there, along with other weapons. And as we say, potentially a better quarterback to get him the ball at the right time. You know, when you go through the injuries, the, co uh, the column is listing there as well with Jason Pierre-Paul out, with Antonio Brown, Brown out. And Brady has suddenly looked for Antonio Brown quite a lot in the opening um, couple of games this season. 
it feels like it is primed for a Rams statement game to make the case. But I made an error I have rarely made in my life last season when we remember we were talking about the NFC Championship game, and I bet against Tom Brady in a primetime game. I'm not going to make that mistake again. I It should be the Rams. It looks like the Rams. It feels like the Rams. But sod it. Tom Brady in the box to win. Of course, you picked Brady in the box to win, of course. Uh, I think Murphy Bunton not playing uh, for a stretch down the season is going to have a big factor for this team. Um, but this is a preview of the NFC Championship game. There, there is no doubt about it. These are the two best teams in the NFC. As, as it stands, in my opinion, by a country mile. Um, Matthew Stafford looks like the born-again son. He looks unbelievable, but more so, and I said it on Monday night, Cooper Cup is the X factor for this team, and I really love the run game with Henderson. Um, I think it'll be close. I think, honestly, it's got all the makings, and I sound like bootlegger here, it's got all the makings of a classic underneath the floodlights. This game could be a high-scoring game, but I think mistakes will, will be key in the game. I think Brady will throw a couple of picks. Um, like he did in week one and I think Brady will as Brian said will lose this game um, but he'll be back he doesn't need to win this game he'll, his division's a joke <laughs> he could finish he, they, they can win the division and go in fourth in, in the playoffs and he'll still somehow manage to get his way into SoFi Stadium either by a ticket ticket entrance or by a player bus in February uh, but I, I'm I'm going to take the Rams to win this. I, I think I think it'll be an interesting game. I, I can't wait to see this Rams defense go up against Brady uh, and finally, hopefully, give him uh, a running for his money. Everyone happy with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that was interesting. Uh, okay, that game is not Sunday Night Football. We've got another game to go before we talk about Matchbook and then Sunday Night Football. Hold in there, Mark. We're almost there, my man. Seahawks, Vikings, um, Seahawks 1-1, Vikings 0-2, Vikings missed a field goal to beat the Cardinals last week. Sweet mother of Jesus. Colin, what's your thoughts on this game? The back-to-back heartbreakers for the uh, for the Vikings because of field goals, but look, that's their history. Shout out to the in-laws in Minnesota. They'll tell you that this, this is the history of that, that franchise. Now, a weird quirk uh, of a stat that I saw during the, the week was the, in terms of um, QB rating, um, Kirk Cousins is currently on the, the second um, longest active streak of a rating over 90, 16 games. Um, Peyton Manning, the only one uh, above him, uh, had 23 with Denver had 15 with the Colts and Steve Young had 15 with the 49ers. So he's in, um, you know, pretty prestigious companies uh, amongst the, those Hall of Famers, but it just hasn't worked. Um, you know, and that's one where I think stats don't tell the, the full story. Um, Russell Wilson has been um, brilliant, uh, obviously, so far. Uh, Seahawks defense gives them um, heart palpitations, I, I imagine, if you're Pete Carroll, but if you're Mike Zimmer, you're looking at the Vikings. Um, Wilson is 7-0 and um, against the Vikings. Pete Carroll hasn't lost to the Vikings since November 2nd, 1997. What, what, do, you know, do you know what he was doing at that point, Mark? 
He it was, was the head coach of the New England Patriots. He was indeed. Yes, that was the last time he lost to, to the Vikings. He's 8-1 overall against uh, the Vikings. I think the, the Seahawks would probably um, do, do enough just because I think the Vikings are so poor uh, defensively. We've talked about the, the issues that, that they had, but I think it will probably be another close one. Yeah, the Seahawks have put, put up over 400 yards offense in both games so far, and the Vikings defense has given up over 400 yards in both games. It's a recipe for disaster. And to your point, this team for Wilson is his most successful team in his career. He always beats the Vikings. So it's the Vikings' first home game. You might see a bit of a rebound, high-scoring game. But I think Seattle will come out the right, the right end of it. And I think we're going to see that with Seattle for a lot of games this year. Neck and neck, down to the wire. Some they'll win, some they'll lose. High-scoring game, Seattle. But I, I think it'll be very close. Uh, I hate the Vikings in, when it comes to trying to pick them. I really do. Because every time I go for them, they let me down. Every time I go against them, they suddenly spring a performance out of nowhere. But... Having seen that Seattle defense be so susceptible your last week to the Titans, albeit it was the Titans and it was the Derrick Henry, um, it makes me think it is the opportune scenario for Dalvin Cook to get his uh, running legs back underneath him. And with the fact that they started to click a little bit more and realized that they also have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson in the team, out of sheer terror and fear, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are going to get their run game going, will hold the Seahawks at bay, and will get their first win of the season. But don't expect me to feel comfortable about it. That's all I'll say. I said in Brian's hidden bunker in North Dublin that I think the Seahawks will miss the playoffs. I think they will. I think they've got some great talent. Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, uh, Chris Carson, to name a few before you can go into defence. But it won't be enough to beat the Minnesota Vikings, who need a win. They need a win. Mike Zimmer needs a win. Kirk Cousins needs a win. Dalvin Cook needs a win. Adam Phelan on my fantasy team needs a win. And I think it'll be a close game, but I think the offense for the Vikings will see it out. And I think Dalvin Cook will get two rushing touchdowns. I think he'll go over 150 yards rushing on the day. I think it'll be close. I think Tyler Lockett will get a couple of scores. He's He could finish the season as the number one wide receiver in the league as it stands. Uh, but I just think the Vikings will have too much for the Seahawks. I'm picking the Vikings, boys. I think the Vikings are going to make a run this division eventually. And I'm sticking by what I said in Brian's gaff. Uh, okay, before we look at Sunday Night Football, we need to look at our partner's matchbook, uh, betting exchange, great NFL betting exchange. And folks, you can use the code IRISHNFL show to get a bonus either in Euro or GBP Sterling in the North. Brian, what's on the agenda this week in terms of bets? We got a good bet up last week, didn't we? We got a good bet up last weekend. We also got a good bet up on Thursday night because we were confident in the Panthers and we went on the minus eight. So that came up for us as well. So we're doing very well with matchbook.com since they were very charitable with their with their donations to our new accounts. This weekend, we're pushing it out. We've gone from three teams to four teams and these are the four. And I think we're all in lockstep. So we all agree the Raiders are going to beat the Dolphins. I think it's a given that the Broncos are going to win against the Jets. We believe the Cards are going to beat the Jags. And we're all very confident about on the Ravens going into Detroit and beating the Lions. So that's the four teams, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Cards, and the Ravens. And I think you're just going to look around 9-4, to 5-2, to two, and money line only, no handicaps, take the four to win. You should be, you should be, all things going well. Be up a few quick, come Monday morning, hopefully we will as well, and it'll go towards our nice trip 
to London in a couple of weeks. And if you're not, find Brian Tice in North Dublin, bang the door down and shout matchbook for a chance to get your money back. I'm obviously joking, but uh, code Irish NFL show gets you a bonus. Feel free to use it. And uh, thanks to everyone who used it last week. And Mark, are you happy with that bet? Yeah, I'm I'm delirious with that bet, Michael. I mean, I you haven't included the Saints, so I'm, I'm happy enough, you know? Happy enough. And Colin, the Broncos are in that bet, so you must be a happy one. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> this week, I think we can be confident. <laughs> well, apparently it's only going to be 23 6, so uh, let's not bet on that at least. But if you're going to put a bet on, feel free to check out Matchbook Betting Exchange available in, in ROI and NI as well. Maybe we can have a bit of crack together in Belfast tonight and chat about it. Code Irish NFL shall get you a bonus. 18 plus gamble aware. Please only bet what you can afford. Okay. Sunday night football. Waiting all day for Sunday night. This is a game. Like I in my profession, it's hard to stay up, but boys, what a game this could be. The Packers, the 49ers. I mean, lots. Oof. 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 Uh, did everybody see the video of Aaron Rodgers the overnight with a Mexican guy? The tequila and stuff. That was I didn't expect that to blow up on my social media, but that was very good value. Um, Colin, will the Green Bay Aaron Jones win or will it be the 49ers? <laughs> um, the Packers the issue is their defensive coordinator. Um, because they decided um, to bring Joe Barry in, um, who sounds like a, a lad from Cork. Um, but I, I think that the probably the, um, the fullbacks coach for the Cork senior hurling team would do a better job. Joe Barry coordinated four defences. They finished 32nd, 32nd, 28, and 28 in defensive DVOA. Packers are currently 29th. So he is on form, uh, you would have to say, doing what he, he does. And I think that's a, a serious issue. Um, I saw uh, Mina Kimes uh, had a, a tweet that said that the Packers defense is allowing 9.2 yards on runs outside the tackles. It's Trey Lance time. And I would absolutely encourage that. Uh, this is the, the time for the, the Trey Lance package. Bring it in. And uh, I think have uh, have at the, the Packers. Look, with Aaron Rodgers there, you're always in with a chance. He was throwing um, absolute dimes uh, the, the other day. Green Bay did win in, in uh, San Francisco uh, last year, but that was uh, an injury uh, absolutely ravaged uh, 49ers team. They have injuries this year, but they, I think they're, they're much stronger. I think they will um, have enough uh, to to win this uh, and to move to three and zero under uh, Kyle Shanahan. Colum, just in honor of like Belfast tonight, uh, you know, you've got a bloody nerve, fella. Like Ted, like Ted Hastings said, uh, mother of God, the whole Trey Lance thing. But Joe Barry, Joe, Joe Barry, can you get him on the show? It sounds like a good lad from Cork. Get him on. Yeah, well, I, I think he'll probably give it give it another what mm, uh, twenty or so weeks, and I'd say he'll have a lot of free time on his hands, Michael. Rogers is five and six against the 49ers in the regular season. However, in the playoffs, he's zero and three. And when I think of the playoffs, I think back to that championship game two years ago, where the 49ers offense ran all over that Packers defense. They made it if the game is over, 
by the mid mid second quarter. But the Fortuners have no run game now. They literally are They've gone. They've removed every. They have a guy playing called Nasty Hasty playing running back for them now, and they're going to have to be nasty to yeah, put a running game up. And I know there's a concern around the defense. The reality is now for me, yeah, trade ants will have to be used because there is no run game for me. This is going to come up against Rogers against Jimmy G in a, in a shootout. And who do I who do I pick in a shootout in that instance? Rogers. They're not the favourites. So is it a shock? I don't see it as a shock because I don't think the 49ers have set the world alight in the opening two games in their wins against the Lions and their wins against the win against the Eagles last week, where it was a tight game and it could have went either way. For me, the Packers will win. And I don't see this being a shootout. I think it'll be quite comfortable in the end. Just uh, quick, quickly on, on Jimmy G, uh, his first half performance last week against the Eagles was why you do give up the farm to trade up to take a quarterback because that was awful. And with no run game, he's going to have to go up against Rodgers and literally go blow for blow, uh, drive for drive, potentially, if Rodgers gets his mojo going and they start scoring touchdowns. We'll see. Just another example of a, of a, of a quarterback, Mark, that was... Proves to be the second coming by Bill Belichick at one point, but that's another conversation. So I don't think he was. I think he was picked, and then Tom Brady still won his job and won a few more Super Bowls. Michael, um, you know, I know it's a while since you've seen what a Super Bowl looks like, so don't worry about it. But still, um, yes, the 49ers are without their top four running backs, which is a slight problem given a run dominance team. Um, but look, if you're a Packers fan, do the 49ers not occupy a secret part of your nightmares? I mean, Kaepernick clips will be going on for, to beat the band. Obviously, Brian's alluded to the game two years ago as well. Um, there were three big, horrible playoff losses in the last 10 years, uh, all of which under the Aaron Rodgers campaign. But of course, no, it was Don Capers' fault or it was someone else's fault or it's always everyone else's fault but Aaron Rodgers who never put up points in the first half of any of those games. But let's not talk about that, of course. Anyway, um, you're mentioning Joe Barry. I don't know. When you say Joe Barry, I think of John Barry, Commodore John Barry, who was the founder of the American Navy. Um, actually, John Paul Jones, not the Led Zeppelin bassist, also has that title, the founder of the American Navy. And it's kind of almost like a ship analogy here. Both sides are just looking for the killer blow to land in the magazine to blow up the battleship of the other. The clear one on the 49ers is they might not be able to run the ball and have an effective offense um, in this certain circumstances. But on the Packers, there is a fundamental weakness. Elton Jenkins is not looking likely to play. Obviously, he's still questionable at the moment. And if he isn't on an already dodgy line, as we saw in week one against the Saints in particular, Nick Bosa and team could be looking to cause some serious pain to Mr. Rogers and that Green Bay offense. Green Bay got the the the, um, the gang back together and things back on track, though, last week. And for me, they'll have just enough to host off an ineffective 49ers offense. And I'll go with the pack this week. You say Green Bay got the, the, the gang back together. They were playing the Detroit Lions in Lambeau Field. And Aaron Rodgers relied on one player. Are you serious? Yeah. It was better than it was the week before, Michael. It was better than it was the week before, but they can't do that for 17 weeks. They can't. And this is why I think it's going to be very interesting to see what, what sort of Aaron Rodgers we get because he's walking around after the game last week, not a care in the world, talking about tequila. Um, Aaron Jones was but great. That's probably, because, that's probably because he threw four touchdowns in the game. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give I you didn't, mean, I didn't realize. I didn't realize he had to charge. He wasn't allowed to charge him to the same player in the game. Well, what sort of throws were they? Were they short? It's about the sixty-five yard bomb to Adams. Boom. They were, they were, Michael. They were successful throws. I, I just don't get. I, I don't get the whole Jimmy G talk here, lads. I don't get the Jimmy. I, I understand there's not much of a run game there. Slant in Trey Lance for the crack. Why not? Here, Trey. Here you go, Pat. Hand it off. George Kittle's there. Jimmy Garoppolo has never lost a game as a starting quarterback on Sunday Night Football. A thousand and seventy passing yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions, one hundred twenty-two point eight passer rating, four no record. Nick Bosa is going to be a massive factor in this. I'm taking the 49ers, boys, going three and oh. Sorry, I am. Any final points? I think it's a case of there's so many games that look so one-sided, and then you get four or five games that are literally a toss-up. This game, the Bucks, Rams, there's a few other ones in there, but there's also some games this weekend where you could see the score has been very kind of let's just say by the end of the third quarter some comfortable wins for other teams which I think is consistent with our picks and a lot of them absolutely and also we are in Belfast tonight from 5.30 as Ted Hastings says now we're sucking diesel uh, these boys are going to have to convert their euros in the start and get up here and taste what some people would argue is better tasting Tito in certain varieties and ice cold harp on top and we're looking forward to uh, to seeing all of you in Belfast tonight uh, and feel free if you're in Cork, if you're in Donegal, or even if you're sitting outside Belfast, come on up, join us at the Deer's Head from 5.30. Uh, and we will be recording from Navin next week. Um, he's had to take him down Navin after the beat thrown in the All-Ireland Minor Final. But sure, look, it'll be good fun. Looking forward to that next week. And lads, thanks a million. Hope everybody enjoys week three today. Thanks to Trust, thanks to Matchbook. And enjoy week three of the season. The season's flying and we'll see you again live tomorrow night for MNFIRE. Enjoy, folks. See you soon.